0: BNP Realm Podcast, Season 2. Once again, this is your host, Brian, and as always, thanks for joining me. Welcome to Episode 32, P is 4, Pontificating on the Past, the Present, and the Future, and a few 2022 predictions. This episode is my attempt to take a look back at the past 10 years, think about the next 10 and then to zero in on the present using both astrology and some secular based understandings of the cycles of history let's keep this intro tight shall we about all i want to say is i noticed two mistakes on re-listen both in the first segment and hey i want to be a pro about this even if these are just riverside ramblers the first is that i mistakenly called omicron omnicron and the second is I said it's spelled moronic backwards. Actually, Omicron is an anagram of moronic, which means you can rearrange the letters and spell moronic. Regardless, considering the way this whole thing has been handled from the start, well, it's just one of those little juicy bits of wordplay that can help us laugh during these trying times. Okay, like I said, I'm going to keep this one short, so once again, if you want to find me, go to the show notes and hit me up. Other than that, Thanks again for listening and enjoy the show. Happy New Year, everyone, and happy birthday to me. It's my birthday here, January 4th, 2022. It is 9.02 a.m. as I'm recording this uh, here in Japan, sitting here on my park bench underneath the tree and a beautiful blue sky, as you can see from the cover art. And today's topic is where have we been and where are we going? And it's always hard when you're, as a writer I know, when you're trying to start a tale and end it, the question is where does a tale begin and when does it end? I should probably say when does it begin, Um, but when and where does it begin and when and where does it end? So for the purposes of today's chat, I want to limit um, the where have we where have we been to basically the last decade. So I'm going to go back to 20, 2011, 2012. And where are we going um, probably the next you know through the rest of the 2020s. That's kind of what I'm thinking about as I talk this out. Uh, this is a riverside rambler, so there are no notes here and i'm just going to be speaking from the head and the heart and hopefully the soul the spirit okay so i suppose i should start the tale with uh, where are we now and uh yes we are as i've already noted the time and the date um but even that's a little bit elusive because as i said it's my birthday today but in reality i was born in america on the west coast and so actually um, it's still January 3rd there and I was born at 5:10 p.m. so Japan time uh, my exact birthday would be tomorrow the 5th at 10 10 a.m. so you know even when you're thinking you're correct in your present you might not be and you know it's all relative I can tell you that it's winter right now it's January but if you're listening to me from South Africa, you're saying, no, it's not, it's summer, it's July. Um, well, not July, it's January, but <laughs> see, there I go. See, I'm mixed up, because for me, summer is July, not January. But, um, so, just speaking broadly, of course, time itself is relative. It's not strictly, um, as my father used to often get upset about people saying about there being a point in time, Um Time doesn't have points, he would say, and uh, he had a point. (laughs) Uh, Time is ever-flowing, and just when you think you've got it in your grasp the now, well, then it's gone. So, yeah, here we are, and we've all been through a lot in the past two years. Uh, I think no matter where you are on the planet, um, it's one of the more fascinating things about the time that we've all chosen to be here, Uh, to be incarnated, uh, to be alive for, um, is that this is a global experience. And, yeah, I guess you could look at something like World War II. You know, it's called a world war. It better be goddamn global. (laughs) But even there, I wonder, you know, like, I don't know that places, you know, there were probably places where Like, how was World War II experienced in South America? I've never heard that. Were there battles there? I don't know. Um, So, yeah. And then speaking back to right now, um, I've often told people that being in Japan during the 2020s experience, sometimes I do feel like I'm not in the same reality that the rest of the world is. Because... Um, a, the actual illness, whatever it is, whatever coronavirus, COVID-19, whatever it is, uh, really hasn't had much of a big impact here in Japan. Uh, if you look at the global statistics, Japan is one of the, is way below the global average for cases per 1 million and deaths per 1 million, and there are many reasons for that, which I won't go into Um some of them are, you know, me speculating, but I think lifestyle, uh, obesity, just general health. I mean, the, the main thing is general health of the culture here and health of the healthcare system, um, I think, has a pretty big impact on why it hasn't had any effect. And then secondly, the government here, the response has been much more mild and mellow and... Even at the start of it, when they could have done things like lockdowns and stuff, well, in fact, they actually respected and honored this thing they had called a constitution, which my uh, ancestors, my American ancestors, basically imposed upon them after World War II. Well, they looked at that constitution and said, we don't have the legal justification or right, the ability to do these lockdowns. And if you followed many people... In the US and other, especially in the US, but in other Western countries, a lot of them were saying the same thing about their countries, but yet they were just going ahead with the lockdowns anyway. Um, so that's interesting. Uh, I've pointed out to people before that one of the aspects about Japanese culture that is underappreciated, um, by <clears throat> people who live outside of it is that in many ways, uh, rules and behaviors are still enforced through traditional, um, uh, I'm using integral theory, but traditional behaviors, not modern, not legalistic behaviors. so that means that when the authority figure, be it the father, be it the teacher, be it the principal, be it the mayor, be it the governor, be it the king, or you know they don't have a king here, but be it the you know the prime minister, when the person in authority says, "Okay, this is what we're going to do, and the culture generally is like, okay, and they don't have to put it in law. Um, people just do it, and so uh, they don't rely on using, like, the rule of law and the threat of force uh, to get people to behave, and in a way, it's also because the culture here is group-oriented, not individualistic, and that's the the split in the eastern perspective and the western perspective, um, for better and for worse. So... um, That's a long way of saying that being here in Japan for all this, a lot of times I feel like when I'm reading about news about what's going on in places like Austria and Australia and Canada, New Zealand and Germany and even the U.S., um, I'm kind of, well, definitely the U.S. as far as the health impacts um, and and a lot of the, you know, the COVID passes and this such and vaccine mandates and things. um, I'm watching it and going, it's like watching a TV show. So there's a a distance for me that uh, I appreciate but it also can make it harder for me, and I have to work at it to be more empathetic to people who are going through it. Uh, but I think it gives me a little bit more of a <clears throat> emotional objectivity, too, because I'm not in the grinder of it all, so I can kind of provide that sort of a big-picture view. And that's what I'm trying to do here, but we've just been talking about the present. So here we are, um, and one more thing, uh, well, I don't know if this is the last thing, but about the present is that... As anybody who's been following the news at all knows, which I honestly, folks, don't really follow the mainstream news so much. I've got a good um, telegram channel that I follow for COVID updates, and I will put the link in the show notes. It's called COVID-19 UP, and they're a uh, team of, well, a bunch of independent journalists from around the world, and they just give updates on things happening around the world relating to COVID-19, and that's kind of been my main source of information. But uh, it seems like no matter what your source is, if you're following anything on COVID right now, you know there's this new variant, Omicron. And, again, moronic backwards, which everybody had a good, well, a lot of us had a good laugh about. Um, And I would say, well, let me speak to that first. I'll speak to the moronic part in a minute. Uh, You know, there are lots of cases. Cases have gone way up. And, you know, setting records in countries all over the world, setting a worldwide record, uh, all this while we have these vaccines all around the world. So what's going on? And many people who are getting this Omicron Omicron, um, are people who are vaccinated, if not boosted or triple boosted or quadruple boosted or boosted out the Um, (laughs) yin-yang. They're still getting it. Now, their symptoms may be less. Uh, I'm not going to go into that so much. Uh, That's the one thing I have kind of conceded that it seems the vaccines do maybe in the short term uh, make symptoms uh, less if you were to come down with COVID, any of the strains. Um, But, you know, I don't want to go too much into vaccine efficacy and safety on this particular podcast. Um, But now get into the moronic side of Omicron. um, Meanwhile, as we are seeing that, you know, it doesn't seem to matter if you're vaccinated or not, you're going to you can come down with this thing. Um, and spread it Uh, governments around the world are doubling down on these vaccine passports and vaccine mandates and it doesn't make a lot of logical sense if you really think about it because if the idea of you know well you can come in and do that you can you have the freedom to go out and spread and be around because you've been vaccinated but i've been vaccinated i can still catch this and i can still spread it well then why should being vaccinated give me that freedom you know um, why, why, why are we making it? Why are we making this segregationist policy? Uh, and I would just say it's because these, um, the leaders of the world quote in quotes, air quotes are, uh, moronic and if not moronic, uh, possibly, and I think probably some of them are kind of the people really running the show are, uh, nefarious and that will get to more about where we're going, but I'll leave that there. So that's where we are. And we're 11 minutes into this, so now let's go to where we have come from. And this is where, uh, if you've listened to this podcast to any length, you know I study uh, esoteric topics. Um, I have been digging into astrology in the last couple years, um, and that's one thing, and then tarot cards, but also I have long been influenced by psychedelic thinkers like Timothy Leary and uh, Terrence McKenna and uh, Daniel Pinchbeck. And so I want to speak about Daniel Pinchbeck now. After a swig of water. Uh, Warm, comfortable water. (laughs) It's very good on a nice day here. Um, So, I read Pinchbeck's book, uh, 2012, The Return of Quetzalcoatl, in 2006. And that led me to uh, his website called Reality Sandwich. And if you don't know who Pinchbeck is, he is basically... I just listed off kind of his grandfather, Timothy Leary, his father, Dennis McKenna, then Daniel Pinchbeck. I mean, there's kind of a lineage there. Uh, He's a psychedelic explorer and thinker. And uh, he has written a a lot of books and done podcasts and this and that. And uh, so last night I was reading... Uh, in 2019, he put out a short book, an e-book, I think. It was just an e-book, um, called The Occult Control System. And I forgot the subtitle. But um, And I'd made a, you know, on my Kindle, you know, you can highlight on the Kindle. And I'd made some highlights and notes. And I had this document printed up that I found when I was doing cleaning last night. And I was reading it over. And I remember being taken by this. And I will share in the show notes on um, blog posts I wrote in the summer of 2019 there might even be two uh, but I know there's definitely one about this topic of did 2012 actually happen and Pinchbeck argues that it did and I'm going to make the case that he is also that he's correct I think it did happen um no it did not happen in the Hollywood movie disaster volcanoes um you know natural disasters theme that they made the movie 2012 about uh and at the media, you know, the end of the world, no, a comet didn't strike none of that. And so then the media is like, look, it didn't happen in the external reality. So it's not real. It was all bullshit. The Mayans didn't know what they were talking about, which is so typical of our secular materialist culture that if it's not happening out in the external world, therefore it's not real and it's having no impact. There's no change. Uh, go back to sleep, everybody, and keep, make sure you wake up in time for work tomorrow and put in your eight hours and when you're done you are granted a tv dinner a tv and 13 channels of shit to choose from (laughs) to quote a pink floyd song um so that's from one of the songs on the wall i can't remember which one it is but uh, uh anyway so but what pinchbeck argues and makes the case for is that the shift was an internal one and i think well, when you look at what's been going on in the world, I think that it's pretty clear that we have been going through this massive internal shift. But I will point to something that's happened on the external level that has been a big influence on this internal shift. And that is the invent. Well, first, the invention of the Internet, which was in the early 90s. We really got it in the public and, you know, kind of started having more of an impact on the mass culture by the late 90s, mid to late 90s. Um, but then the real thing that's made it so ubiqui- ubi- ubiquitous, is that how you say that? Ubiquitous? <laughs> um, so prevalent is the iPhone or the smartphone. You know, Being able to do as I'm doing right now, I've got this thing, I've got the internet with me pretty much, and most of us in the you know, advanced, not even advanced countries, but around the world, have these this access to the internet if we want it 24-7. And the internet is basically the collective unconscious, or a collective conscious and the collective unconscious um, at our fingertips. And so this has made the internal world, our culture, and each other's psychology much more accessible. And I would argue, again, that um, I believe the iPhone was invented in like 2007. And I think I started noticing people having them around me maybe. 2009 2010 uh, I got my first one in like I think it was September 2013 um, and uh, but before that you know I had I had an iPod with podcasts on it and uh, yeah um, but yeah but it it's just been a massive change in my life and I think all of our lives that now if I want to I can communicate with people all over the world um, and that's only getting more intensified and it's leading to all sorts of breakthroughs and breakdowns. And, um, so this is where we have been. And now Pinchbeck writes about some of the, uh, indigenous cultures of the Americas have a, uh, understanding of this period. And he speaks of one man in particular who I can't remember off the top of my head, but he is a Toltec Mexican uh, shaman and writer. And he speaks of the, this concept known as the sixth sun. And are kind of a cycle of suns. And it so here it is in a nutshell. So the Mayan calendar, this 5,000-year calendar, that was the time of... And I might get some of this wrong. I probably should double-check a bit. I read this last night in my notes. Um, that was a time of a... Fifth son, and it was a time of external exploration, the rise of rationalism, science, exploring the world, um, and going outward, kind of a masculine, right? Masculine energy, and not meaning uh, male, but just meaning outward, the Chinese understanding of yin yang. Uh, I believe that's yang. Yin is female. Um, yeah, pushing outward. But now, 2012 was the end of that cycle, and now we're in this, according to this thing I read last night, from 2012 to 2021 was this transition period into the sixth sun, and the sixth sun is now where we will be going into the the inner, is the exploration, and the inner will become more part of the outer, and these two realities are kind of blending, and that's where we're feeling all this confusion right now. Because our inner world is becoming so mixed with our outer world and it's leading a lot of people to mental breakdowns and um, leading to the rise of people like Donald Trump to power, um, but also exposing some of our external leaders, such as Hillary Clinton. And here comes some wind. Hopefully that won't screw this up. Um, it's supposed to get windy today. So, uh, but, you know, exposing like who these people are and we've been, you know, and if you've been aware Um, about our culture. I mean, I'm I'm reading a book right now. It's set in 1963 in New Orleans. And it's clear to me that the writer was writing about kind of being aware of the fakeness of the culture and the, the facade and the evil underneath and all this. So, you know, this is a huge, long cycle. So we've been growing in our awareness of it. But now we're like in the middle of it. And you can't deny that we're in this like change where what's inner is outer and what's outer is inner and it's all these blending of things and so this is leading to a lot of governments um and people in authority people who have issues with wanting things to be in control people who are kind of outer focused to clamping down and censoring what we can can and can't say because they're like this is you know too much it's too much it's chaos it's the it's the energy of chaos right um which is the uh the the yin energy, the female energy. And I'm not speaking, again, chaos. And There's no um, connotation of negative in that. Um, It's just, you know, it's inner. And it can be scary, especially when your culture has been focused in the outer for all this time. And so here we are, this bridge. Anybody alive right now is part of, you know, on a big, broader scale, a bridge generation um, because we're in this transition between these massive shifts and so, um, if you feel kind of like, man, this is some historic changes going on right now, well, you're right. Um, and the interesting thing, one of the reasons I've really taken to studying astrology, is because it's about the study of different cycles. And there are, you know, there are all these. It's so fractal. There are all these like there are small cycles, like for example. Um, well, we can observe one that everyone observes every day, like just the cycle of the day. You know, like the sun is up for 12 hours or so, and then it's down for 12 hours. That's a cycle. Um, but then like the moon cycle, the moon is in a sign for approximately two and a half days. Um, that, and so the moon goes around the zodiac in, you know, one month, one month you know, 28.5 days or whatever. That's a cycle. And then, and then there's the sun cycle, which is one year. And then there's the you know Venus and Mercury and all the planets have different cycles and it's it's just endlessly fascinating but um and then we can look at there are secular attempts to understand the cycles and one of them that I followed is uh Howe and Neil Howe and no I shouldn't have said their first names anyway Howe and Strauss because I don't know Strauss's first name um (laughs) Richard Strauss that's not right Robert I know it doesn't matter uh the generational theory by Neil Howe and Strauss um and what they propose is that there is this 80-year cycle to human life, and it expresses itself in the culture. And they did their focus on American history. Uh, I've often wondered if they or anybody else has tried to do this for other cultures and world history. Um, but anyway, they've done their focus on American history, and they say, look, this cycle repeats every 80 years. And I like how they, what they do is they break it down each, you know, 80 years, and so it breaks it down into four each 20 years, and um, it's done by the seasons. So 20 years of spring, 20 years of summer, 20 years of fall, 20 years of winter, and here comes the wind. Woo! Yeah. All right. I'm going to... The sound quality may have changed, and if so, um, well, that's because I put my... My microphone here, talking into my hoodie, and so there you go. But that will keep some of the wind from getting into the microphone. You got to be, you know, when you're doing a Riverside Rambler, you do these podcasts outside, you got to learn to adjust, folks. Adjust accordingly is the third of my 2020s mantra, which I'm going to say right now real quick is, uh, I don't know. We'll see. Adjust accordingly and everything is okay. I've done a podcast about that. Uh, earlier this year in the fall okay so so the cycles so right now and we're in this 80 year cycle and right now we're in winter which is the same period we were in during the depression and world war ii 80 years ago and according to this theory of theirs and if you look at it and it actually matches up very well with the astrology and with what human people in the human design movement say uh winter is going to be ending in kind of toward the end of the 2020s um so right now and it started winter started like 20 years so winter started in like i often say that the uh 2008 um the economic crisis and that's actually when using astrology when pluto entered capricorn and uh so i kind of say that's the start and so for me it's like 2008 to two, two, 2028 um is kind of the rough period of this winter. Um, and again, though, when you experience actual real summer, spring, you know, the real seasons, just because you get to, uh, you know, March 21st, spring, here in the Northern Hemisphere, March 21st, it doesn't mean you wake up and all of a sudden everything's in bloom. And, you know, so it doesn't mean on 2029, all of a sudden everything's rosy and great and we're in spring. Uh, there is a transition. So, uh, but right now, if we're if we're starting at 20 2008 and we're now in 2022 so that's 14 uh years out of 20 so that's i'm doing my math here folks that would be seven tenths seven tenths of the way through so if you look at winter it starts december 21st so we are yeah so um two-thirds of the way through would be the start of february so basically i'm sorry february 21st so Right now, uh, we're kind of entering uh, Pisces season, which, interestingly enough, Jupiter just entered Pisces on December 29th. Um, Now, all right, I'm going to move it out of the the wind stop there, so I'm going to move it out. It's a little easier. Um, I find all this stuff fascinating, making all these comparisons and connections, and uh, it makes it, time becomes a lot more of a vibrant, um, lived-in experience than if you just go by a clock and the western calendar which has its issues et and cetera, et cetera. so that's where we've been that's where we are we're in this transition period and um now i think we're kind of going to be coming out you know just like in late february early march you get those days where every once in a while it's like whoa it feels like spring and then you'll get the days again where it starts to snow and it's like ah winter isn't over and it can feel kind of like it's never going to end you know um so it's almost like the darkness before the dawn, in a way, but um, at the same time, though, when you look at that season, you're two months away from when the sun's been getting lighter and lighter, you know, higher and higher in the sky. So if you're feeling like like, okay, even though the external reality has is still like, wow, things are getting worse, and this is fucked and all this, but you're feeling this like, kind of hopefulness like there's something in me there's changing well that to me is just you're recognizing what part of the season we're in um in the condition the human condition collectively so where are we going well we're going to spring according to this and i think you know again using the astrology um I'll, let me speak to a few of the big changes in the astrology coming um i won't talk about this year specifically uh but like maybe i'll do that in a separate podcast but the big ones coming um, as far, and when I speak big ones, I'm talking outer planet changes. And uh, I'll just talk to it about the three outer planets um, in the astrological understanding. And yes, Pluto is a planet, folks, in astrology. Astrology. <laughs> astrology. Uh, so you've got Pluto will be entering... Um, Aquarius, actually next year, but then it will retrograde back into Capricorn to finish business, and in 2024, it will enter Aquarius and be there for 20 years, and that's a big deal. Um, I think people talk about, you know, another, okay, I probably should speak to this, another big um, shifting of the ages is the astrological great ages calendar, and they talk about the age of Pisces, and each of these ages are, uh, well, they say 2,160 years I don't know how they can say so precisely when there's all these arguments in the astrological community about when exactly the age of Aquarius begins, but just roughly figure around that long, 2,000 years. And so the age of Pisces began around the time of the birth of Christ. Um, but now we're, you know, we're transitioning also into the age of Aquarius. And a lot of people are like, oh, we've already entered. And a lot of people are like, no, it's not going to happen until 2080. I mean, there's there's a big, big debate. But... We've had some signposts that were definitely, if we're not entering, um, we're definitely on our way. And one was Jupiter and Saturn's conjunction, 20-year conjunction, being at zero degrees of Aquarius on the winter solstice, you know, in 2020. Like, that's kind of a pretty big, like, hey, everybody, pay attention to this. Um, <laughs> there's that, and then there's also this Pluto going into Aquarius. And Pluto is the slowest moving of our ma- major nine planets that we pay attention to, so... And that's a 20-year cycle. And then when you look at Aquarius, I don't want to go too far into this, but Aquarius is about technology and humanitarianism and, um, you know, community. And it can be, you know, there's pluses and negatives to this. So it's the Borg is the the shadow. Everybody thinks the same. We have no individuality. But the positive is uh, sovereignty and um, do your own thing. But be do your own thing for in service to the greater good. So... Okay, that's enough on Aquarius. Uh, The next big major cycle is, uh, uh, I think it's in 2024 or 20, I think in 2025. I'd have to check these dates. But middle of the decade, uh, Uranus will be leaving Taurus and entering Gemini. Um, And then Uranus takes about eight years to go through each sign. And then the last one of these three is Neptune will be leaving uh, Pisces. It's home. It's home in Pisces. Uh, which it entered in 2011, and that'll be 2025, 2026, and then it'll be, it's like a 14, 15-year cycle, uh, and it will go into Aries, and Aries is, you know, the for Pisces to Aries is the end and then the beginning, so that's a real, another kind of indicator, like, okay, and Aries is the start of spring, so. Um, and there's other things I could mention, too, but that just gives you some uh, signposts how the astrology actually links up to this theory of... Um, Generational, which these guys are secular scholars, and so they haven't done any astrological studies that I know of and might even say, oh, astrology is all bullshit. But it's like, hey, look, dude, it supports your theory here, man. Um, I don't know. Maybe they would But, you know, a lot of secular people make that mistake. Okay, we are at 30 minutes, and that's about what I wanted to do. But I do need to speak to generally. Um, so I think the next, like, uh, between now and 2024, 2025, I think it's going to be really intense and from what i'm hearing from the astrologers talking about this year and i'm still listening to you know more of these kind of 2022 predictions and kind of doing my own um digging into it and research my own you know my own intuition it seems that the next few months is going to be kind of like building energy and a lot of kind of things getting going and then may it's like it's kind of a revolutionary like the last couple of years have been this constriction period especially 2020 and then 2021 was when there was kind of this like tension between the the old and the new and you know the battle lines were being drawn and now 2022 it seems like spring and it's going to be a hot summer and i think we're going to be in kind of a bit of a war footing in a sense and you know i don't know if that will lead to you know actual war war you know in the physical environment um of course there will be you know things that happen where people you know Well, that have been happening. I was going to say mass shootings and stuff like that. But, you know, I don't know if there's going to be wars between nations and this and that. But we're in an information war right now, for sure. And that also speaks to one of the astrological cycles. And it goes back to the Jupiter-Saturn cycle, which, when it entered Aquarius, uh, every about 260 to 200 years, um, Jupiter and Saturn, they meet every 20 years. And they will meet in one of the four elements. So the past 200 years has been in Earth... And now they moved into air. And so the information war is definitely information is air. Um, So it's more of a mental thing. And I think we're going to see like cyber attacks and things like that, uh, which which can then impact things like the food supply. We're already seeing that. Um, So I'm expecting it to be a turbulent year, especially, like I said, the middle to, you know, May, June and kind of the second half of the year. And I kind of think 2023 is going to be more of that. Partly that's because Pluto is going to be finishing up with Capricorn then going into Aquarius and then coming back. Um, And, you know, I think governments are still kind of like trying to do this Pluto and Capricorn thing, which is authoritarianism and taking control and all this and not letting us humans be humans. And so they're going to keep doubling down. Like I was saying earlier, like even though... There's no logic to these passports and mandates and things. Um, when you look at the actual science and the reality of what's going on, they're going to keep doubling down on that, and I, don't, I expect that to intensify. And that's going to lead to the pushback, and then that's going to lead to the fighting. Um, and so it's going to be you know, a, a rough ride, but having this awareness, I think, will make it a lot easier. Um, and then also having the awareness that, hey, we're actually coming up on spring, and then doing what you can to kind of prepare for spring. And what world do you want to build out of this? What can you do? How can you contribute? How can you be of service to the new, uh, the new age, the new paradigm? Those are the questions I want to leave you with. Uh, and I'm, you know, those are the questions I'm asking myself too. And I feel like these podcasts is one of the things I'm doing. And with you know, that's why I've been learning all this stuff. And now I'm sharing more of it. So, okay, this was good. This was good. I feel happy with where this went. I told myself I'd do about 30 minutes, and I made it in just over, under 34 here, 35. And uh, feeling good about things and going to go home and have my breakfast and uh, enjoy the rest of my day. So thank you, everybody, for joining me here on this kind of Brian's birthday, uh, Japan version of Brian's birthday. 49th, folks. I have one more year of my 40s until I'm officially Way over the hill. (laughs) Okay, everybody. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. I want to talk briefly about the year ahead, 2022. This is going to be a challenging year, a very intense year, a year of disillusionment and yet a year of grace. This is going to be a year that's going to ask us all to really go inward and ground ourselves, and it's going to ask us to go through a boot camp of sorts. But it's a boot camp where we can manifest great things if we put in the work. That's how I'm responding to this year, after having listened to, watched, read, probably 20 hours of various predictions about 2022 and I would say maybe 70% of those have been astrological predictions Uh, but I've read a few secular ones too and yeah you always want to go into a year with some sense of hope and a possibility right but you also need to go into the year with a realistic assessment. You don't want to delude yourself. And delusion, that's another thing that is very possible this year. One of the great, the biggest astrological uh, events of the year is Jupiter and Neptune making a conjunction in the sky. And using Western astrology, which is the one I follow, and I am Uh, Let's just keep it there. I don't want to go too detailed into the astrology. But uh, right now, I would just say this for those of you who are more interested. I am enrolled in a school of evolutionary astrology right now with uh, Kai Pacha of the Pele Report, the New Paradigm Astrology School. I just enrolled about 10 days ago. Or not even that, maybe 9 days ago. Anyway, at the start of the year. But I'm not going to go deep... Deeply into my, uh, into that. But just say using Western astrology that Jupiter and Neptune are conjunct in Pisces, which is the sign that they are the rulers of. And this will happen on, uh, April. Again, I don't want it April 12th. It's hard to get too detailed with dates because it depends on where you're at. Now, maybe I should use Japan time because that's where I'm at. Um, but the problem is I've been listening to all these astrologers who are probably using, uh, times in the U.S., Um, so maybe it's April 13th, maybe it's April 11th, but around that little window, Uh, and I could probably get more detailed on that later, but it doesn't really matter. Just know, because these are two outer planets, and they move, you know, reasonably slowly, although Jupiter is moving very quickly through Pisces, but in that little window, you know, middle of April, that's when this element will be strongest. And this is where that grace comes in, but also that delusion comes in. And there's more that I can say about that, but I would just say that there are great opportunities to access uh, intuition, almost, yeah, we just say magic. I mean, if we want to put it that way, things that, miracles, things that you wouldn't expect to be possible and this kind of rises throughout this spring and it's kind of a theme for the year because they are going to uh well jupiter will leave pisces in may and then it will come back into pisces later in the year so you know they're dancing around with each other for some of the start of the year and near toward the end of the year Uh, but the first few months of this year and into mid spring or early spring april is when uh this will be most intense until basically may once jupiter goes into aries i think they when they leave signs and the energies dissipate some but grace but again be careful of uh, things some of the negatives of this is uh neptune relates to addiction and delusional thinking and pisces as well i mean neptune and pisces are kind of the same archetype uh and jupiter makes everything bigger so um yeah, which is why it's going to be important to stay grounded. And if you ground yourself and then tap into your inner self, your higher powers, tap into whatever you want to think of it as. Some people think of, you know, angelic beings. Some people think of um, whatever that theme, those things are, those energies are that are both deep within yourself and from deep outside of yourself. Like, uh, ground yourself and then access to those things will be more prevalent. But the grounding is very important because if you don't do that, then you're likely to possibly access some things that aren't of you or maybe not acting in your best interests. Okay, that's getting really esoteric. So let's ground things a bit. The next one, the next big one, which comes up here um, on January 18th, is the nodal shift. Now there are two kinds of nodal shift. There is the true nodal shift and I'm talking about the moon's nodes and then there's the mean nodal shift and the mean nodal shift we've already done that in the end of December but if we're just going to talk the true nodal shift and since I'm writing this is a preview let's say it hasn't happened yet and it happens on January 18th. January 18th regardless of the mean or the true they're both there. And that is, we'll be having the axis from, or the north node has been in Gemini since May of 2020. will now be shifting into Taurus because the nodes work backwards. And the south node, which has been in Sagittarius since May of 2020, will now be moving backwards into Scorpio. And this is about survival. This axis is about power, it's about money, it's about resources, the Taurus-Scorpio axis. And it's about tapping into one's self-sufficiency and one's own values, internal values, as opposed to values being imposed upon you by the outer world. And here's where I think one of the key things I think will be happening in this next 18 months, and this is gonna be a hard one. This is disillusionment. For the last 18 months, we've had a lot of external authority figures trying to tell us what the truth is and trying to force that truth upon us as though it's the only truth and nothing but the truth, and if you speak anything other, well, you're gonna get censored. (laughs) Um, And yet, a lot of what they've been saying, I think a lot of us know, has not been truthful and i think we're seeing well we are seeing and it's going to just become more and more obvious i think in these next 18 months how much of what we've been told has not been true and now for some of us we've already been kind of tuned into this so we aren't gonna we aren't gonna suffer the disillusionment Uh, we will all be disillusioned i think in different ways that's part of this cycle but The whole point of disillusionment is you have to believe in the illusion to become disillusioned. So the less you're believing in an illusion, the less you're going to be disillusioned, right? So I expect to see a lot of that. And um, I'm concerned about it because it's emotionally very challenging. And I will speak to my own experience here real briefly or not briefly <laughs> uh, my own disillusionment I mean there have been different aspects of disillusionment throughout my life but one of my major disillusionments and speaking to what we're seeing right now when we're talking about the collapse of social systems and structures and belief in institutions and governments and media and big pharma and all of this one of my big ones was in my early 20s you know I was studying to be a journalist and I was studying political science, and I was either going to be a sports writer or a political writer, And but I started going through an immense amount of disillusion about what the world really was and the lack of integrity I found in the world, and I didn't handle that so well. Uh, one of the things, well, one of, one of the things, the main thing I did was I turned uh, to drugs to see to soothe my disillusionment, to make it easier to handle the pain of being disillusioned, becoming quick. And I was disillusioned very quickly. And so I think one of the things we're going to see in the next year, and this pains me to say as someone who's been down this road, but I think we are going to see a lot more addiction and I think we're going to see more overdoses and deaths. And uh, in fact, that pandemic, because it's been going on, really the stats are not very good when you look at the amount of people who have overdosed in the last couple of years. And this is happening, you know, even before COVID. This is something even Trump kind of campaigned on in 2016. Uh, but I think that pandemic, the overdose pandemic, especially with Opioids and alcohol, uh, might actually cause more deaths than the COVID pandemic. And, uh, and it's interesting because here's the thing. I think we're going to see some of these, uh, spokespeople who have been, you know, I am the science. Yes, I'm speaking about Mr. Fauci. I'm just going to call him Mr. from now on because I, I want to take away his doctor's, doctor credential just because that's how I'm feeling toward him right now. Uh, like you have to earn your credentials maybe he did at one point later earlier in his life but i feel like he's lost that privilege so mr fauci i am the science apparently recently he was just saying that uh you know a lot of these half the covid hospitalizations are people who have been in the hospitals uh, with covid not because of covid and a lot of us have been pointing this out for you know over a year now and when we've been pointing it out, we've been told, oh, no, no, that's, you know, you're reading this wrong or whatever. And now he's saying it, and it seems to me like it's another, like, if there's one thing Dr., or sorry, Mr. Fauci seems to be good at, it's the old CYA trick, cover your ass. Now, the wind is picking up a little bit here on my park bench, so I'm going to start moseying back. And I may have to switch, well, you don't care, but the microphone. Um, But let's mosey back. So I think disillusionment, I think I predict more, definitely more um, drug overdoses. That that pandemic, I think, is going to get more severe. And I think one thing that might might very possibly, likely would come out of that, is people recognizing the role that Big Pharma has had in creating that pandemic. Um, And that actually might connect to the role of the U.S. military-industrial complex being in Afghanistan all these years and how that was bringing in a lot of the uh, cheap opiates for Big Pharma. I don't know. I mean, I could see all these connections being made. but And that leads me to another big aspect of this year, Uh, probably the last big aspect of this year in terms of Uh, astrological cycles and that is this is the last year last full year that Pluto will be in Capricorn and interestingly this started near the beginning of this winter 2008 and next year it will be in Capricorn and then it will go into Aquarius for a while and then it'll come back into Capricorn and it will finally in 2024 I don't know the exact date But that's when it will leave Capricorn for Aquarius for 20 years. And that's going to be a big shift. But Pluto in Capricorn is about the, Capricorn is about the structures of society, social structures, institutions. And Pluto is kind of the death rebirth process. And it's the integrity. I mean, Capricorn is about integrity. And so if these institutions don't have good integrity, they will die and crumble away and something new will be reborn. And here's the thing, I'm speaking to those of you who, you know, I'm really appreciative lately because I'm meeting more and more people who are like, you know, astrology isn't my language, it doesn't speak to me, but I I understand and I can see how it's useful for others. And so I'm questioning when I'm doing these podcasts and these talks, like how much do I say this is coming from astrology? And how much do I just say, these are my predictions? But if I make these predictions without saying it's coming from astrology, am I being in integrity? You know, Am I being true to what is guiding me to make these predictions? Um, So I'm asking those questions. But then on the other hand, I'm like, well, if I speak the astrology, are people going to then dismiss it? You know, like, wow, astrology is nonsense. But I'm bringing that up right now because I think... If I hadn't been using astrology all this time and I said to you that, you know, right now we're seeing our institutions, our public in, social institutions from the government to the media to big tech to pharma, pharmacy, you know, big pharma, all these institutions were calling into question like how much they're working, our education system, I mean, all these things, right? How much are they working and how much integrity do they have? Are they being honest with us? We're having a big Crisis and trust. If I spoke all those things to you and you had no, and I didn't say anything about astrology and you were kind of tuned into what's going on in the collective, you're an intelligent person, I think you'd go, yeah, yeah, that all resonates, right? But I'm able to hone in on that because A, I'm following current events, but B, I'm paying attention to astrology. And so I'm combining the two. And then that gives me more of a sense of like, okay, yeah, I can see how this is playing out. And again, when you go back to the start of Pluto and Capricorn, that was in 2008 and around the time of the financial crash. And it was like, and that was, you know, again, as I mentioned before, that was when Obama came, you know, so the U.S., uh, the presidency, the legitimacy, the integrity was all being called into question. And then, you know, it was like, so this whole asking questions about, are our institutions still serving us? kind of really kicked off uh, at that time. I mean, really went into a high gear. And that's been a lot of our struggle over the past, well, 14 years. And so that is the, you know, this year is the final year we get. And when the, in astrology, when a planet moves through its final degrees, it's kind of like finishing the job. And Pluto, being a really slow mover, you know, it takes a whole Well, it depends, but Pluto's kind of got a weird orbit. can take anywhere from, I think, the shortest one is like 12 or 13 years, I think in Scorpio. And the longest one is like 30 years. But on average, it's around 20 years. Um, So Capricorn's a little shorter. It's 16. But it's like generational. A lot of astrologers use Pluto to do uh, generational astrology, which is what I was talking about earlier. Secular generational theory. Anyway... I think we, this last generation, we've really been through this kind of trust crisis towards our institutions. And, uh, so I expect this year, a lot of those things to really just become obvious. Like, and they're either gonna die, you know, they're gonna die one way or the other. (laughs) And then the question is how to, what, what comes out of them? You know, and that's not to say that the U.S. government's not going to be with us next year. You know, a lot of these there's also cycles that go on much longer than this. I think actually right now we're connected to uh, the cycle, of the fall of Rome. I mean, we're we're talking. There are some major cycles ending and starting. You can look at the Mayan calendar, which I spoke about uh, on the earlier segment. So there's a lot. You know, that's the other interesting thing about astrology is that, as I think I spoke in the earlier segment that You've got shorter cycles and then longer cycles and longer cycles. And it's all this giant clockwork. Um, but I'm trying to keep this to talking about 2022. So I expect a lot of revelations this year about institutions and a lot of people falling down. Like, I'll just make a prediction now. Dr. Fauci will no longer be in his role at the start of 2023. Or sorry, Mr. Fauci. Then he'll be Mr. Fauci. And he may... One question I have, because this is something we haven't seen, and this has been one of the real failures and what has been one of my uh intuitions about how the U.S. empire might be falling, is the lack of accountability. Um, You know, the bankers, nobody went to jail, that sort of thing. <clears throat> um, it just feels like, over and over again, we have fall guys and we have... No accountability. So will Fauci go to jail for what he's done? I think he should. Will he even go on trial? Who knows? I don't predict that. But I will say that I think by the end of the year, he will no longer be uh, in that position. And I think it will be because he will have to resign or be fired because of revelations about um, his role in covering things up and just a lot of the things are going to—I don't know exactly what will take him down—but eventually he'll just be seen as a liability. And I've been saying this since at least last summer that it's nonsensical that the Bidens and the people of the world who want to convince the unvaxed to <laughs> get vaccinated that they're still using this guy, Dr. Fauci, who the unvaxed inherently distrust. They're still using him as their spokesperson. But I've made that comment before, so I'll just leave that there. Now, let's see if other things I can think of that might happen this year. Um, this one I hate to say, but... And this one I don't really want to predict. Because I don't, you know, you don't want to manifest things. But I also want, again, I want to be realistic. But South Node and Scorpio does have to do with death. And so, you know, I already spoke about the opioid pandemic pandemic. Overdoses. I think you're going to see a lot of that. And I think we're going to see a lot of death. Um, call it <laughs> COVID-related deaths, and that could just be me, my way of saying, you know, vaccine side effect deaths. I don't know how to how to really put a pin down on the cause, but not COVID necessarily itself, but things, you know, could be even like people. Well, you could even say the pandemic or the the opioid pandemic. Like people being locked in their houses and socially isolated is kind of a uh, side effect of COVID policies, right? But anyway, I think there's going to be, unfortunately, a lot of loss and a lot of death. And that's why, again, it's going to be a challenging, intense year. Now, last thing I think I'll say, because I'll try to finish this up here, is I believe, especially this first half of the year, But maybe up in, I don't know when the cutoff would be, but I believe the authorities, the people who are kind of behind some of this stuff. uh, Well, for one thing, I don't think they're all that intelligent in a lot of ways, but I think they're really doubling down right now because they're losing the plot. And so I expect them to accelerate even more towards their various authoritarian policies, you know. I expect more mandates and such. Having said that, th- th- that's the thing. Every year has, every all times have the two sides to it, but it's interesting to see how events play out because in Austria, I don't remember, I think it was the health minister or somebody came down with COVID and within a day or so after that, all of a sudden they're like, well, we can't really enforce this February deadline for the mandate, so we're going to push it back to April. So that's where grace comes in and so I'm kind of, you can see I'm hedging my bets here a little bit, but you know, it very well could be that they try to push through on this thing and I feel like the further and harder they push on it, the more that the thing falls apart on them, you know? So there's a part of me that sometimes when I see them pushing right now, where I'm like, all right, good, 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 keep doing that because you're just, you're losing people, you know? people aren't on board with where you're going and you're going too fast, so, um, but, on the other hand, for them, if they don't go too fast, I think we're seeing with COVID, with the Omicron, that it's just like, all right, we've got a thing out here that does kind of look like the flu, you know, (laughs) and so, we're really gonna keep kids out of school and shut down businesses and do all this shit again for something that looks like the flu, and we've got you know, they say these vaccines are effective enough, like, what the fuck, (laughs) so, anyway, it's going to be an interesting year, it's going to be intense, and again, I would just say to, you know, really focus on your, this is a really good year to focus on your health, on your resources, like, I'm really looking into, you know, I'm not very good, I haven't been very good about managing my resources, my money, uh, so I'm kind of inquiring into that a lot more. But just on a like daily survival basis, I'm making sure that I do my Wim Hof breathing every day, my cold showers, and I'll admit it, there have been a few days when I haven't done the cold shower. But that's just because <laughs> I kind of like, if it's winter, I kind of like to do it when the sun is out. So if I'm busy with things, and sometimes I don't get to them. But, you know, cold showers, Wim Hof method, meditation... Uh, my journaling, kind of it's taking care of my mental, my physical, and my spiritual health and really making that a priority and uh, going from there. But yeah, resources, considering your resources, how you can become more self-sufficient if you have a garden, uh, you know, growing some things, making connections with community, others who are doing the same, being in support with each other. That's actually coming up on the spring I was speaking about. And actually the bigger picture of the whole age of Aquarius, but, you know, reaching out to people using both local networking and using your online networking. Like people tell me all the time about local networking. I'm like, yeah, that's great. And I should do more of that, but it is challenging in in the situation I'm in, uh, where I live here in Japan. But, you know, I've done that to some degree, but I, I could do more. But I always tell people, like, don't downplay too much this idea of using the technology to connect. You know, like, we both are good. Connection is good. All right. I think that's more than enough. I wish you all a very wonderful 2022. Hang in there. As always, reach out to me. You can find my information in the show notes. And until next time, thanks for listening.